Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close here with Jeff Mosher. And the Phillies, Jeff, are off to an incredible start. Sweep the Atlanta Braves. Win a start against Jacob DeGrom and the Mets. How about them Phils, Jeff? How about that? 4-0. I would say they won a uh, they won a game against the Mets, not necessarily against Jacob DeGrom, right. but uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I remember texting you and our friend Hunter Brody and somebody else. As soon as they removed DeGrom from that game at 77 pitches, I said, you know what? Congratulations, Luis Rojas, Mets manager. You just handed the Phillies another win, and sure <laughs> enough, uh, they did. Hey, look, it's it's been fun, Frank. I mean, I think um, – there's some smoke and mirrors a little bit to it. I mean, obviously you win a game because Zach Wheeler comes through with a couple of hits and RBIs, and that's not going to happen every every start. But if you go back to last April and some other April's past, I mean, these are the games that they mean something, right? Even though it's early, at the end of the year, you know, you want to be a game or two or three ahead of whoever or in a wild card race. You look back on April at those tight games that you were able to squeeze out. Hey, and let's face it, the – majority of their games at the beginning of the season including the the, f- the first several series are all against the division right at the end of the season how you played against your division is going to determine who wins the division right now this is a really tough tough division so let's break down some of these games in this NL East action the Phillies have had so far you know the Atlanta Braves they're known for their starting pitching and young bats well guess what Jeff the Phillies pitching tamed the young bats they tamed Freddie Freeman and at the same time, the Phillies were able to uh, get just enough offense against the Braves. Tough pitching to, at the very end of the day, make a difference. So you mentioned a little bit about smoke and mirrors, but um, in a way, the Phillies really battled against some really tough pitching so far, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it, I, I don't know if you're going to see a stretch of four starters like they just saw from Freed to Morton, who was just in the World Series, and then obviously Anderson, who who was uh, lights out as a rookie, a lot of expectations there. Then to Jacob Degrom, who's the best starter in the game, in my opinion, for for quite a while now. So uh, I think that explains, you know, uh, as we're talking about why why the the bats really haven't come alive yet. I expect this offense to be more than what we've seen of it so far in the first four games, but then that's because I also don't expect the Phillies to be countering, you know, ace after ace as they've done. So again, it's another kind of look back and you say, man, you made it through a pretty rough first four games of the year. You would have signed up for probably two and two if you saw the starting pitching that they would be facing. And now they're four and oh, so uh, good sign, really good sign bullpen, obviously a good sign. We'll talk about it. Uh, starting pitching, good sign. And just, I would say the, the ability to kind of edge out tight games in April. Um, Cause you know, the Phillies are going to go, every team does this, even good teams, you know, they're going to go through some kind of four game losing streak at some point and everything's going to seemingly go wrong. And that happens, but you also need those streaks where everything seemingly went right to counteract them. And uh, it's a good start so far. My dog approves, by the way, he's, he's very happy about it. <laughs> Well, many Phillies fans are as well. So let, let's break down the Phillies starting pitching performances first. So Aaron Nola opening day, six and two thirds. Now he was kind of cruising, gives up the two run homer. Would you have pulled Nola when you pulled him? Or are you happy with that? Or would you have tried to get a little bit more out of Aaron Nola that day? I was a little, I, I've come to the grips with the idea that most teams are going to pull their first 
their starter on opening day earlier than you would expect. I mean, the, the, the Mets clearly did that with Jacob deGrom, right? And that was their his first start in their first game of the year. So while the competitor in me hates to see that, the person who understands that that's the way the game's been going for a while, especially for opening day starts, um, th- th- I, I get it too. You know, Nola, they, they're going to go by the third time around the batting order. His, his, his numbers get higher anyway. And um, he was pitching well, but I did kind of selfishly want to see how the new bullpen was going to handle that situation. So I, I wasn't totally upset about it. I'd be upset for July though. And they did it. Well, the next two starters, Zach Wheeler and Zach Eflin, uh, pretty impressive as well. Certainly Zach Wheeler, besides, besides pitching 10 strikeouts, no walks, uh, seven strong, uh, Wheeler, <laughs> Wheeler had a couple of clutch hits too, huh? Yeah, I mean, really kind of, um, you know, set the stage for that kind of win for him to be able to do that. Obviously, again, that that's a little fluky. Uh, he can hit. He's been a National League pitcher his whole life. Um, but the way, you know, sometimes you need that in those, those kind of pitchers duels. Some guy just comes up and is able to punch one into the outfield, score a few runs, and and it gives you the momentum you need. But I was I was really impressed with his pitching. I was last year. Uh, I think you can make an argument that from a, a – a, a total stuff standpoint, he might be as good, if not better than Nola. Uh, I think Nola's got more movement, but Zach may have just more, more just nastier stuff. If you know what I mean? Like when he wants to rear back and throw the fastball, um, he can do that. And he does, he throws a ton of four seamers. So it's really, it's been great to have these, these guys so far at the, as your number one and number two, you know, how, how, how about that deal he signed? Like that, at the time people were saying they overpaid. Well, look what's I happened know. since in the end that Matt Clintock looks pretty good for that deal. Huh? Yeah. I mean, the guy couldn't, couldn't develop any pitchers, but he, he had trouble signing him <laughs> earlier, but he certainly got it right with Zach Wheeler. And I don't know if that's because he anticipated this or it was just out of desperation that he really needed that number two, because Jake Arietta had never really been that guy. But uh, certainly lived up to it. You know, they always say uh, a couple of years coming after the surgery that he had is when you really start to regain your form. So last year was, I think, the fir- not the first year, the second year, because he had pitched with the Mets the year before and had made his comeback. And then last year should have been kind of the round to form. And this year is where you start to now become who you are and really emerge. So hopefully that that's kind of what Zach – is going to be, I was surprised. I remember looking back on last year's stats. I thought he had a really good year last year, but his strikeout total wasn't as high as I thought it would be. He wasn't like a guy who was averaging, you know, I think 10 to 12 Ks per nine innings, like some of the best starters do, but he obviously he had it going on in his, in his first start there. Yeah. 10, 10 strikeouts, one hit, no walks. In fact, that was the only hit the Phillies allowed that entire afternoon and route to a four, nothing shutout of the Braves and then Zach Eflin, right? So the little questions about whether or not he was ready to be a number three starter. He showed up for, for that game on Sunday. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, like how, how, how often have we been looking for a specific individual to really be that guy who's going to step up first. It was Vince Velasquez and never happened. Then it was Nick Pavetta didn't happen. And you know, third time, maybe here's the charm with Eflin because he's, you know, I th- he had a good year last year, and you're waiting for him to make that leap to be that first-round pick. His sinker was really strong that game, too, and I know that's his bread-and-butter pitch, but when you can throw that power sinker, you know, that Kevin Brown-style sinker mm-hmm. where it just feels so heavy, even when you hit it, 
You know, it's like you're 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 winding up six three to all those right-handed batters because they, they couldn't get our, their hands through the zone fast enough. So I, I was impressed. And again, it's hard to you know make too much out of the. I always feel like pitching is ahead of of the offense to start off a little bit. You know, the batters got to get their timing right. Um, but you take it. You take everything you're getting at this at this time because it's a good feeling, right? I mean, look, like let's let's be real. It's the bullpen right now that has given everybody the good feeling. These games were very <laughs> tight games. They could have won. They could have lost. But um, the fact that the bullpen has really been able to come in and hold some of these leads that the uh, Phillies have been able to maintain or, or even pitch through a comeback win like that game against the Mets is really what counts to me. Yeah. So so even beyond those those top three starters, uh, by the way, let, let's transition to the bullpen, because when you have three starters like that giving you that much length in the game, it makes your bullpen's job a heck of a lot easier. And and so far, the bullpen's allowed just uh, the one earned run that uh, was allowed on uh, Monday night against Jacob, De, the, the Jacob deGrom start as Jose Alvarado uh, got the save after Hector Neris pitched in the first three games. So um, but but what about this bullpen? I mean, we saw the back end. Uh, what have you seen so far that uh, from from your pal Hector Neris and Jose Alvarado, Archie Bradley? Like, what, what are your initial reactions to this new look Phillies bullpen? Let's start with Neris because I knew you were going to throw that at me really quickly because you know I've been a Neris critic throughout my years, and I don't know that I'm not any different. But I would say this: he's throwing a slider now, and unlike the splitty, which he relies heavily on, you can throw a slider for a strike. So that was always been my biggest criticism of Neris is that when he relied so much on a splitty, and he doesn't really locate his fastball really well, and the patient hitters were going to be able to kind of lay off the splitty like the good teams would be able to do that as you've seen in the past and then he falls behind then he has to throw a fastball I don't think his fastball has great life so you can hit it and so that's always been my issue with him the slider is another pitch that you don't always have to throw for a strike but you can at least it has a you can throw for a strike or it it starts off in the zone and then you might be able to paint a corner with it you can backdoor it uh, to right-handed guys, I mean, to left-handers, you could throw it away. So it gives him something a little bit different, and it gives batters something not to get used to. And if he can locate it really well, Frank, if he can paint corners and get ahead with that kind of a pitch, maybe then he can become a better closer and be more effective. A great, great point you make there. That pitch makes all the difference because last year he'd fall behind and then he was toast every single time. He'd yep. fall behind in the count and then – Next thing you know, there's something juicy for the batter to hit because he, he has to throw it over the plate and he had to throw a fastball. So really, really good, uh, really good sign so far, really, from Hector Neris. And how about Archie Bradley? He, wait, he got help, though. Let's be real with Neris. He got some help from the home plate umpire uh, in that series a couple of times. So, again, we'll have to see if he can maintain that. I, I know you're like, oh, Moshe, you're the, you're the critic. Of course, yeah, you're not going to go full steam ahead. I am a little skeptical. We'll have to see. He did get, I mean, you have to admit he got a little help on some of those calls, um, but, but good start for him. And, and look, you get help because you're around the zone, right? So he was close enough to the zone with that slider that they gave him the call. So we'll see as we go, go forward. Uh, you were so, going to ask about Alvarado. Yeah, so Ar- Archie Bradley, you're, you're, he and was Bradley. really the, the free agent acquisition of the Phillies this past off season, right? Cause the, the thing that they needed the most was the back end help. And Archie Bradley, he's uh come right onto the scene he's pitched very very well in his first few appearances and uh what are your initial reactions to Archie Bradley so far Jeff well I mean it's just 
Don't you think, Frank, that it's it's awesome to see a guy come in who's supposed to have good stuff and then have it? Like, you know, think of all the guys last year that were deemed guys with better stuff than what they had when they made those trades for Hembry or David Hale or um, uh, who am I forget? A workman, right? I mean, those were David guys Phelps. who... Oh, Phelps. That's what I mean, Phelps. Yeah, I mean, th- these were guys who were supposed to come in and have better stuff. Bradley, we know, can bring the heat and he's come in and he's done it so far and so that's great it's just good to see a guy living up to the reputation and i do think it was a i look they clean house and that was good i mean all these guys who we're talking about other than neris i mean whether it's kinsler whether it's uh bradley whether it's alvarado who we'll talk about they're all new guys fresh faces and you know almost like not tainted <laughs> by the <laughs> by the past bullpen so i think that that was a good job by Dabrowski and fold just to get just to clean house and get some new fresh arms, but also live arms like Bradley can really throw. Is he going to get hit a couple of times? Yeah. We're going to be doing a podcast where he gave up a few meatballs, right? Because he throws some hittable stuff. But for now, you're really happy to see a guy be able to get it up on the radar gun there. Well, here's a quote from last night that I really was impressed with. So, so uh, yesterday, last night, it's the date Jacob Degrom game. The Phillies are, are down two nothing. They decide to pull Matt Moore a little early, uh, in a little bit of trouble, and they go to Brandon Kinsler, right? So, mm-hmm. I, and I, I will say this, you know, the old Phillies, that's the time you put in the David Hale or Vince Velasquez. I was expecting, like, the the, the mid guy to just come in and, and, you know, try to pitch a couple innings, but but they go with Brandon Kinsler to put out the fire, and here's his, here's his quote after the game. He says, and this is courtesy of my friends at the Relief Room, if you check them out on Twitter, the Relief Room, but he says the game is on the line in the fourth and we're all closers of our own innings. So you've got to close out that inning. I love that attitude of Brandon Kinsler. You know, how many, how many, how many relievers, right? Relievers are the ones that always need to be babied. And it feels like sometimes, right. But yes. you know, his attitude, I'm going to go in and shut down that fire. And guess what? He, he did. He shut down the fire. Mets didn't score again. Yeah. You know, he's got that bulldog mentality and he had it with the Marlins. That's why how he was able to become their closer. You know, you know, they have a different closer every year, but um, he did decently as a closer. And I, and if I'm, if memory serves me right, Frank, didn't he turn down better offers to sign with the Phillies as, he an, turned as down a, a guarantee from the Marlins to take the minor league deal with the Phillies? Although the Phillies did give him a little bit more money. I think, I think he's going to make a few right. extra dollars with the Phillies, but, but, but the Marlins really kind of screwed yeah. that one up in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I like that mentality, and I like that they brought him in there. I was a little worried. I'm like, man, you're going to that kind of guy pretty early in a game, right? What is that going to do? But he wound up giving you some innings, and so did uh, then Alvarado. Was it Alvarado? No, uh, Phelps. I forget who who bridged. So, so the, they had Coonrod in. They had Coonrod, uh, right. They got a couple good innings from Coonrod. Uh, Connor Brogdon looked good, uh, and then Alvarado in to close. So they. Uh, all those guys came together to take that two nothing uh, Phillies deficit, hold it where it was. And then the Phillies were able to come back in the late innings. I mean, that's a, that's a really good sign. And by the way, your point about Brandon Kinsler, you like you don't want to burn him that early. Well, guess what? The Phillies now have other guys they can go to and you don't Definitely. feel so bad about that. Right. I mean, Archie Bradley didn't pitch. I mean, he's somebody you can you know, keep in your arsenal if you need him. And, uh, Hector Neris, after throwing a lot, he didn't come in last night, so they they gave right. uh, Alvarado the shot to to close. By the way, so what do you think about Alvarado so far? Is he uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> wild it's thing two an, Yeah, I mean it's a little bit of an adventure, I to say the <laughs> least. But I, when you listen, uh, I know we're gonna do pods where we're killing the guy, right? Because that's what happens with baseball. <laughs> it's a long season. But I will say, I'll trade. 
I'll take that trade. Like the adventure for the ability to put 101, what was it? A, a sinker, 101 at, at Villar's knees. Like you saw Villar go back to the dugout. Like how the, how the hell am I going to hit that? You know, <laughs> there's nobody that I can remember on the, in the Phillies bullpen for the last few years that could give you that end of the deal. You can, you got plenty of the, uh, the bad end of the stick, the wildness, the short end, you know, the, the, the stuff you don't want to see, but nobody could then come back and throw one oh one on the, on the inside corner to a right-hander with a sinker like that. Not that VR is, uh, you know, an MVP, but still, I mean, that was, that was just filthy stuff right there. I mean, last night was the opposite of ex Phillies, you know, like you, you had VR, <laughs> Uh, you had Aaron Loop and uh, Trevor May. <laughs> they, 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 That's all, right. all three of them were not a problem last night, which was which was surprising. So, in fact, I joked on Twitter that was the first time Aaron Loop uh, helped the Phillies. Right? <laughs> they traded for him. <laughs> That's probably they traded true. for him down the stretch a couple of years ago to try to make the playoffs, and he gives them nothing, <laughs> and then gets hurt. I mean, <laughs> so, the pitch he throws to Harper, which you know beans Harper in the rear end. It almost looked like he was afraid to throw the pitch. Like it, it seemed like. He hit him because at the last minute he was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then the, the <laughs> ball just like kind of died right there and hit him right in the right in the ass or wherever it hit him. But um, yeah, it was just a very strange sequence for him. So so uh, Alvarado, though, so he's the only lefty. Uh, I, I kind of like that they put him in the in the situation to close the game out. I mean, I, you know, the three run lead, I think I think even though he was a little. A uh, little wild. He he doesn't seem to give up uh, a lot of homers. <laughs> it's it's like uh, Alvarado either like walks or, or walks somebody or strikes the guy out. That seems to be what happens. But a couple little bit of light contact. Uh, yeah. People that did finally get around on the on the uh, the, the hundred mile an hour fastballs. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it seemed like they uh, they were confident he would get through that and uh, save Neris for another day, save Bradley for another day, and. And mm-hmm. hey, who knows? Uh, who knows if they're going to need a lot of the bullpen uh, tonight? So, of course, we're recording this Tuesday. Um, tonight against at, at, at uh, Brett Anderson's. Uh, Brett, An- I did. A, damn it, I did it right. I knew I was going to oh, do that I was many times. Say that, Chase that was first first Anderson. opportunity too. Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I was really proud of myself. I was <laughs> I was getting Matt Moore and Matt Joyce right, and I was getting uh, Chase Anderson right. But so yeah, Chase Anderson going to get his first start tonight. Uh, they'll probably need a little, a couple innings out of the bullpen. Uh, I would imagine Vince Velasquez is ready to go behind him. Uh, that's probably mm-hmm. the role for Velasquez this, 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 uh, time around to, uh, the back end starters be ready to give you a couple innings. So, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see what's there. You know, we've, we've talked about Velasquez a lot. I mean, the Phillies could have, uh, cut him before his contract was guaranteed at the end of March, uh, maybe eaten 1 million out of that 4 million they owe him. But, uh, uh, but we'll see what Vince Velasquez could do. And, uh, but, but as a whole, you're looking at a, a much, much, much better bullpen. It just feel, I, I, you know, aside from the names, it just feels different, right? It does. And it's easy to feel that after they p- play well and you're, you know, in the score the, the, in the standings, it's for nothing. Cause like, I, I know it's look, w- you and I have watched a lot of baseball in our lives, a lot of Phillies baseball. We know that there's just, these guys are, are good. They can be good, but they also can be shaky at times. And we're going to see that. So that's why it's important to get the ones that you can get and not, you know, like look at the Mets right now. I mean, after blowing that, 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 that was such a, a Mets way to blow a game, but it was really kind of a Phillies way to blow a game in the past. Right. I mean, like the, I think of these Phillies Orioles games over the last few years where they've just given Baltimore all those opportunities because their bullpen couldn't get anybody out. So um, I, I'm kind of, 
I'm happy. It's a long season. You hope it continues. I would love for, if we're talking about this next week, another really solid week of Philly's bullpen, but eventually the bats are going to have to warm up here and you're going to need a game where you kind of put everybody away. So props to Gene Segura for coming through with that, with that walk-off hit. Cause that was pretty big. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk, let's talk offense now. So, so overall they've, I, I guess, I guess it's fair to say they they've struggled, right? I mean, is that, is that, is that the right word or did they just face some really good pitching so far? Well, the one thing that they've done well, though, is they still worked the pitcher, right? I mean, they they saw a lot of pitches. They were able to get – who was it that they chased? Was it Morton or Anderson, Anderson. that they got? Anderson, yeah, they right? got Anderson out of the game fairly early. I think they're having good at-bats. I also think that Bryce and – was it Reese? No, I forget. Somebody else. They probably would have had homers uh, in the second game, but the wind was coming in. Pretty, pretty whipping. And that, that affects both teams. I think Freeman got robbed of one too. So uh, it's not like they're swinging and missing a whole, a whole lot. Um, I think they're, they're, they're working pitchers. They're getting on base. They're being aggressive when you need to be like Segura was uh, on the walk-off hit. So I'm, I'm not like concerned about it uh, at all. In fact, Reese Hoskins had a really nice at bat against the Mets there in that inning where they um, took the lead where, you know, fought, you know, took some pitches and they fought one off the right field. Um, so I, I think that they'll come around. I, I, that's my, I'd be shocked if this was not a very good Phillies offense. I just think the weather's got to warm up and they got to heat up a little bit. And by the way, you, you made, you made a great point about, uh, Anderson. You know, I just, I just thought that, um, I thought the Phillies, that's the kind of thing that you get, that gets lost that you can, you could chase a, a young stud like that so early. And that really kind of opened the door for the Phillies victory in my opinion. So, so that's a good sign. Um, uh, he was he was Alex- good too, but he was I, I thought Frank that Anderson was wild that day. Like he was all over the place, and sometimes it's hard to hit guys when they're missing high, they're missing low. Like you have no idea yeah. where the ball is going to go. That's why I thought they did a nice job of of just taking what the pitcher was going to give and then making him work his pitch count up. You know, and I want to talk about Alec Bohm because I, you know, if you look at his stat line right now, he's batting just two fourteen. He hasn't homered right. yet. He hasn't hit a double or. Um, uh, yeah, you know, no triples yet. So, but, uh, but Alec Bohm though, he's come up kind of clutch for the Phillies. So, so he did have that one game winning hit, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he scuffled the first, it seemed like he scuffled a couple uh, times, the first couple games, but he, he's really finding his groove. But I really liked what, what, uh, he was saying after that game winning hit that, you know, he just <laughs> likes to hit the ball where it's thrown. You know, and I think I think that is going to be really key for somebody like him because the league is now going to adjust to him after having right. last season's uh, granted small body of work. Like they're going to learn more and more how to pitch to him. But if he can hit the ball where it's thrown, as he said, uh, it mm-hmm. can lead to some things. Even even uh, last night's game against the Mets, you know, he hits that tapper to third that that ends up uh, causing the the error and the and the runs to score. Right. So that's right. Uh, that's you know, right. Getting the ball in play makes things happen. It, it listen, it totally. It's way better than a strikeout, right? So I, I completely agree with you. Um, by the way, on that play, right? I, I guess the Met third baseman who came in to play defense, uh, Guillerme, <laughs> yeah. Guillerme. It wasn't the greatest throw, but didn't you think McCann did not like it? Hit McCann, McCann in the glove. It. I don't understand how McCann didn't get that throw. I know he was reaching, and he kind of when you're stationary, it becomes difficult to get the ball when it's not perfectly thrown at you but for the angle that Guillermo had to throw the ball with the runner coming down the line I, I don't know I, I kind of thought it was more on McCann or as much on McCann as as it was on Guillermo 
Yeah, it could be. In fact, it's it's funny. I didn't I uh, didn't recognize at first the uh, defensive change. You know, they have uh, what J.D. Davis over at third base, uh, the Mets. And by the way, it just makes me uh, reminded that you know the Mets they've got some uh, defensive issues there on their team. So the end of the at the end of the season, the National League East, this defense is really really going to matter. And let's not forget that the New York Mets, rather than pursuing J.T. Real Muto. They went James McCann, who's still a very, very nice player, but but maybe that's a play that JT Romuto would have made. Yeah, I mean, they got kind of issues because they got, you know, Dominic Smith playing the outfield when he's really a first baseman. It's you know, Pete Alonso is stupid. Yeah, I know. I know. And Pete Alonso is not exactly the greatest first baseman defensively, as you saw uh, in that game. So they do. I mean, Lindor is good. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not strong in the areas where, you know, that, that you really want to be strong defensively. Yes. To me, second base, third base, um, Martinez is hurt. He probably would have been in an outfield corner or something or uh, uh, about roster construction. They, they clearly thought there would be a uh, designated hitter this year, right? <laughs> they hold on. Yeah, to but you got to blame Smith them and... for that. Like you can't yeah. just <laughs> assume that that was going to happen. It certainly would have helped them. I feel like they've got four designated hitters. So, but 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 yeah. even just one game in, it really is a reminder that the Mets, uh, besides the fact they're out without Carlos Carrasco, which is a big loss for the Mets, um, and just looking at their starting pitching depth, you know, and, uh, and yeah. who knows what Syndergaard will be whenever he emerges. Um, right. You know, I think the Mets have a lot of holes. I, you know, I, I've seen people in their power rankings put the Mets really, really high. I don't really see it, Jeff. Yeah, I think, and especially since Alonzo did not have this amazing Yeah, I mean, last year, you don't, a lot of people, Lindor didn't have a very good year last year too, but you know he's a good player. They, they can hit the ball. I think eventually their numbers will come around, but I agree with you. Defensively pitching, and obviously their bullpen did not do a very good job after DeGrom got removed as well. Uh, Batances, I've been reading that his, his velocity is is down. Mm. So, yeah, you know, they were... Play. <laughs> He had a player option that he, uh, from his perspective, smartly uh, <laughs> yeah. accepted. Uh, you know, the, I think the, the Mets would have uh, preferred to have moved on from him. But, um, right. but you know, uh, their, their big bullpen acquisition, Trevor May, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he doesn't come up big the first night. So, I mean, it's, granted, it's, it's, it's early, but, but I think right. you're, you're really starting to see what's going on. In fact, I... I was reading a uh, an article from Metsmerize, which is a a, a Mets website, uh, and they think that they basically said the entire bullpen is going to revolve around how well Trevor May does this year, and so uh, that's that's boy, that's, that's 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 like you know Philly's past is like how well is Hector Neris going to be or Adam Morgan going to be? You know, I mean, kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, and then you know the Phillies didn't see Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo. I mean, they've they've got some they've got some names. You know, Joris Familia is still around, and right. um, they only saw Castro, Loop, and May. <laughs> for their, um, that was really the uh, the difference makers there. But uh, you know, they uh, of course Lugo was out with 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 elbow surgery. So you know, this is uh, you really you really see the Mets are going to have to rely on May. And uh, so far, well, of course, it was their first game of the season, but. You know, yeah, you know, I, I'm one who believes in momentum and I, I think the getting off to a rougher start is something that can can stick with the team, right? You know, like imagine if this Phillies bullpen struggled in the beginning of the in the first game and they lose it, right? I mean, that just sets a tone which is gonna be uh so so different. And uh and since you you know, you've got <laughs> Dylan Bitansi's uh being who knows what right now and you know, I don't I don't know. I I I, I kind of I kind of uh uh, granted, I've seen them one game, but I've really, 
kind of come to the conclusion, I think that the Mets are being ranked a little too high right now. Just, be, just because they signed Lindor and have DeGrom, they need more than that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, I, w- I saw like an MLB.com story where they did the top 10 um, staff, pitching staffs, just starting rotations. And the Mets were in it, and I was surprised. Although they were counting Carrasco, they must have written it before he got hurt. But um, you have no idea what you're going to get from Thor when he comes back from a surgery like that. Um, he, even if he's decent, he's not – I still think he's never even lived up to what he was supposed to be in general. So, I mean, he's definitely a hard thrower, and he's tough, and, of course, he appeared in the World Series. But, um, you know, I think he's got a lot to prove. So, But, yeah, that right now their rotation looks – I look at it and I say – that's with that type of rotation, I'd rather have a really good defense behind me, and they don't have a good, great defense behind them. By the way, I'm looking at the MLB power rankings that came out today, Tuesday the 6th, as we record this uh, on Yahoo Sports. They have the Atlanta Braves ranked third, <laughs> this mm-hmm. week being swept in the first series. The Mets are sixth. Wow. Sixth in baseball? Sixth in baseball. Or NL. Oh, Phillies God. are ranked. 12. <laughs> interesting. So pretty interesting though. Now, um, now this is, this is Yahoo ranking them after, of course, the, the first, the first weekend. Now um, Yahoo is not kind uh, to the Phillies uh, in last week's ranking. So they, they, they at least showed them a little bit of respect moving them up, moving the Phillies up to 12, but it's just kind of funny to see like the, the Braves, uh, you know, being seen as the, uh, um, still third and the Mets sixth despite what we've seen so far I'm actually glad that they have the the Braves still there because I hate becoming a prisoner of the moment I I I just like I'm not sitting here at four and oh and thinking the Phillies are you know penciling them into the World Series same thing I'm not thinking the Braves are out of it because they started off oh and three that would be ridiculous so I'll, I'll say this in closing though um and this is kind of what I said heading into the season and I think we've seen it so far but uh Nola Wheeler, Eflin, when those guys are pitching, they can hang with anybody. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, and that's where they're going to be locked in against most times against the other team's better pitchers. So you want your offense to come through there. But I feel good about this starting three. I absolutely do. And that often tells the tale of a Phillies team. And and Jeff, uh, it's great to catch up with you again. You know, we'll be we'll be watching all these games. We'll be we'll be checking in frequently with everybody to to, to break down what's going on with the Phillies, but. So far, so good. No complaints here, Frank. Well, for the Power of Blue podcast, this is Frank Close along with Jeff Mosher. We'll catch you next time. Let's go. Let's go.